talking about the, the, the <coughs> Gaiva yesterday. <coughs> I want to point out that sometimes you see a person manifesting what seems to be an act Gaiva, and really the reality is what it is, is the person has, has other issues which he uses his Gaiva as a way to cover up for those other issues. A person who feels very down and low about himself one of the ways he tries to cover up for that is by trying to boast and say he's very special and this and that, trying to convince himself and others around him that he's really special. And really what he's doing is trying to fill up the void and the gap which is inside of himself. So you see a person acting very Balgaivadic, and the problem, you might say, okay, he'll sit and start learning most about Gaiva, and that's not the solution. That's going to make it worse, because that's not his problem. It's not, his problem isn't for him to recognize how little he is. His problem is he thinks he's too little and too nothing, and he's using it to compensate. So over there, his person, his, his, I had a, I had a broker once. I um, said this sounds very strange. So the said, "But your Muslim said is supposed to be I'm special for, for 20 minutes straight. Repeat, I'm special. Repeat, you know that. That's what he needed to hear. He needed to repeat to himself time and time again. I'm a very special person and keep causing it to himself. He's very special, and then he'd be able to, then he could get it solve his Giver problem. But he used to put himself into, into people's faces." Seemingly, Gaiva, you know, this and that, because he was had low self-esteem. Um, Rabbi Tursky is, 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 is the, the is the I would call him the father of the of the discussion of low self-esteem in our generation. He has like about twenty books on low self-esteem. I never knew you could you could have so many books about the issue of low self-esteem. Um, but he has like book after book after book of that, and he says he has this interesting theory um, that. Okay, it's a basic matter. Okay, um, there, there's there's a there's a cartoon character called Peanuts, right? Charlie Brown, and Charles Schultz is the person who writes it. He was the person who writes about himself. He had problems with low self-esteem. He says he feels that every single character in the comic strip is a different manifestation of low self-esteem. So one person goes to addiction, and that's you know the guy with his blanket, and there's one guy who's always saying he's terrible, and one guy who's always boasting about himself, and they don't that you know. It's each one was a different way to manifest that the problem with low self-esteem. You can, he, has, he has three books on that, by the way, with the comic strips in there. So you can read the comic strips and not read the book, and it's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, now, the Basil Sharm, one breath, the Basil Sharm and Charles Schultz, okay. Now, the Basil Sharm talks about the union of Gaiva and Perak, two places. In Perak Yud Aleph, which is, the, which is in the Perak, he talks about the meat of Nikius. That a person not only is enough to correct himself, but a person has to cl- cleanse himself out from all of the problems that he has, even to the minute details. So he spoke to, he first gives examples by various different mitzvahs, and he says, and it applies also to the mitzvahs, besides referring to mitzvahs, it also applies to mitzvahs. He says, for example, he goes through the, the, the mitzvah of Gaiva. He talks about it again later on, he has a whole, paragraph, a whole section donated, uh, focused on, dedicated to, um, to the union the, you know, of the nevis, but here he talks about. What is Gaiva? A person is Maksh of himself inside of himself. And in his heart he feels that he is deserving of praise. So the, the process of a person saying, you know what, I have what to offer and I, I need to do and I, I recognize what I, what I have, that's not the issue is when I then take that and I say, and therefore I'm deserving of somebody sitting there and giving me praise and say, wow, you're really special. I deserve that. It's something which is coming to me. That that's where we, the person loses it. I spoke about this idea before. Um, one point I, before I say, I just, 
I want to talk about the concept of repetition. So Shorim writes when he talks about the idea of repetition, he says that everything he says in Mesilsa Shorim is, is, is obvious. Now, by the way, it's not obvious, but at least to his mind, these are obvious points. And he says, with the reason, since they're so obvious, we don't think about them, and we need to constantly review them. And the Yisrael of Musr, of learning Musr, was to take a concept and to review it and review it and, and constantly to, to absorb it. Absorbing things, the human beings, hearing it once. You go to Musr Shavuz, they tell you, a concept, here one time, you're inspired. It's not going to change you. It's not going to be absorbed. Rabbi Yerucham used to refer to it as idea of, you want to leave a, a strong impact on something, you, you, you don't make one mark on it. You, you mark the pen once and twice and three times in the same spot and it goes deeper and deeper in. The more you keep hitting the same spot, the more it gets absorbed. Um, the way he puts it over there, Rabbi he says that, that the Neshama is Besom Kodesh and Tor. So, so what's this process about? The process is for the Neshama to leave an impact on the goof. Because we're not judged as a Neshama, we're judged as a combination of Neshama and goof, like the Morris says in Sanhedrin. So the goal is that the Nishama with its Kedusha shall leave impact on the goof. Well, the goof, doing it one time is not going to make that impact. We do it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And what you take with you are the things which the Nishama was able to impact the goof. That which you, the Nishama changed the goof in some way left an impact, inspired it, moved it, made the goof different. That's what you take with you after 120 years. So in conjunction with that, I, I say this story, and again, I, I'm explaining why I'm repeating it, because but, but now you guys, some of you guys have heard it enough times that you can say it for me, and that's exactly the goal. I, I had this aura when I came to tell Zashiba, Zashiba Gifta used to say over the exact same stories time and time again. He had X about the stories he used to say, and he would say them again. And each time he said them, he would not apologize that he's saying it. He would repeat it with the exact same inflection, the exact same words, the same excitement. It's the first time I heard it. And I was a Baruch, he said, about, about, he can't think of any of those stories. I mean, he, you know, he has people come to him all the time. He has great mices, you know. I mean, I, he's got to say something new. You know, exciting, new, but, you know. And I didn't understand it. I'm not didn't understand it. Like, you know, I, as a speaker, you expect a person, when this person speaks, and Rashid was a very good orator, he was. You know, the part of the device, you say new things, exciting, and two, two or three, four or five stories, you get the point. Yeah. No, he said the same story. Again and again and again and again. I hit some age, I can't tell you what exactly it was, I don't know, sometime in my 30s, I said, you know what? I know why he did it. Because those stories are coming out of my ears. I can tell you the stories verbatim, word for word. Because they made a rush on me. Because I heard them, some stories I can tell you, without exaggeration, I heard a hundred times. I mean, you know, Mamash again, and with each time with the exact same words, the same excitement. I remember when the sheep was not well at the end. I remember one time I was sitting by a and the sheep was over a mice, which I'd heard from the sheep of mice 50 times. And she was over the mice, and he said it with the word, two words different than he usually said it. And I thought I started crying. Because I mean, that's when I, and he wasn't well. He wasn't, he was like he was, his memory was going. And I could see his memory was going because he said it differently. Two words, three words, but it was a different story already. And, and it pained me because like how could, you know, the, the Rashiva was losing it. But, so the point, some points, I'm going to get your chaz over, your chaz over once, your chaz over twice. Your chaz over ten times, a hundred times. They start impacting you. Okay, that's the hakdama. The, the the point that I want to so what's this hakdama that that that, that I'm being marked into the point which we mentioned before. Um, there's 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 a saver Yad Yecheskel you know they have from Yecheskel many swarm they're called Oh Yecheskel but apparently one of them is which was put up by the Mishpach etc. There also was a saver put up by a Talmud Sovim which there, there was 
Chumashurim that Rukhatskal had said when he was in Shanghai. During the Kubi was in Shanghai, there's a shmuzan that he said in the back, besides the sh- there was the, the was that by Sedra Parshis, there's Vertak on the Parsha, must have been a Chumash or something like that. And then in the back there was Maiselov that he said. And what I remember one of the I you know, I was looking at one of the mice, and the mice goes like this that Rabbi Salanter's original plan was just like his Rebbe Rizundal was a Nister. Rizal wanted to be a Nister. He wanted to be a Nister originally. He says to be a Nister, how are you supposed to be a Nister? You have to you have to be able to cut his See, Daf learning, but if people see you learning, that that stares you're being Nister. So the first thing was he committed all of Shas, Gemara Rashi Toises, etc. to 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 memory. You know, word for word, all of Shas, so we could be learning and causing over Shas. Nobody knows that he's learning. He's opening without opening a safer, so people would know that he's learned that he's learned it. The second thing he did was he took his very intense Shmon Esrei with all of the voida that Rishel Salanto put into Shmon Esrei, and he's, he compressed it into a very mo- motionless, emotionless, and quick Shmon Esrei Davin. So he looked like one of the 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 the, 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 the Balagolo who used to sit in the back by the way, by the by the stove, and you know, in two minutes flat he finished Shmon Esrei. Good. So he looked like this chorus individual. That was his plan. Later on in life, he realized that that was not what Kodesh Baruch wanted from him. Kaisal needed something else, and he went in a different direction. So I'm reading the story. I'm thinking to myself, if I would have committed all of Shas verbatim, word for word, all of Shas Balpeh, I would want you to know about it. I really would want you to know about it. I would uh, drop a line here, or drop a line there. I wouldn't, you know, necessarily boast about it. That's not good, you know, because they have to have a nevis, right? So I would, you know, but you mentioned, so yeah, uh, you know, right, Boba Kamal on the yeah, I remember that more, yeah. I just that more I remember, you know, but I would do it enough times, you get a feeling that, you know, the Ryan will know something. He knows Shas, Belpeg, and Rashi Tyson's. And he didn't want anybody to know about it. How did he do it? How did he do it? Because person, and the answer is very simple. When you live with the Kodesh Boruch, the Kodesh Boruch is real to you, you recognize that the only place you, that real recognition of value comes from is from the Kodesh Boruch. So what every Rangel thinks about you is not really important. And what anybody else thinks about you is really not important. The only thing that's really important is what a Kodesh Baruch thinks about you. If he thinks you're good, everyone will think you're bad, who cares? And if he thinks you're bad, whoever thinks you're the greatest guy in the world, it's not going to help you. There's only one, there's only one opinion which really matters. is what a Kodesh Baruch thinks about you. And the more you think about what human beings think about you, the more you lose that connection with the Kodesh Baruch so as a matter of fact, you do not want people to know about you because that's going to stare, that's going to in, in, in negatively impact your connection with the Kodesh Baruch. And that's the process of what's called looking for COVID. COVID is I'm looking for recognition of my value from the world around me. The true COVID is inside of, is inside of you, inside of you and with the Kodesh Baruch. Hakina, Bataiva, Bakovid, Matsina, Sodomin, It takes you out of that world inside of you between you and a Kodesh Baruch and that's a terrible place to be so how does a person deal with that I don't think if we get it right what life is about we get it we, we, we don't want that I don't want you defining me I don't want you defining me it tells the Rav one time said he says that the person who's, who's a, is about COVID he's looking for recognition from other people is the worst Avodah Zoranik in the whole world. So it's an Avodah Zoranik, he, 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 he has, he's over to, to one person, to, to one gachka, to one thing, and this and that. Says a person who looks for COVID, the Gatsavelt is his Avodah Zoranik. Everybody's looking, he's bowing down to this guy, the guy should give him COVID. He's told him the whole world to give him COVID. It's like a fair little place to be. It's a fair little place to be. Why do you want to be there? 
what, if you have vow, you're good, and and, and Kodesh recognizes they're great. Now it's a madriga. It's a great madriga. Obviously, we you know we 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 Rav himself said the Baal Moshe Rav said uh, he said in Yiddish he said every person needs a spoonful of covet every day. Everybody, everybody, everybody needs to know that you're valuable. If you're not valuable, the person would truly believe he has zero value, he'd jump off the roof and kill himself. What am I here for? I have nothing to offer to the world. Everybody believes it has to, has to know intrinsically that they have value. I need that. The question is, where do you get it from? But the person who thinks, I, I'm looking for the world to give me tehillah, I'm looking outside of myself to get tehillah, says that generates a major problem. It, 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 it totally skews my mind what life is about, about what my focus is. Person tries to dive, and he's busy thinking about whether the people think it's tzaddik or not. Person's learning, he's busy thinking about what the guy next to him thinks about. You know, it's like there's so much static going on in your mind. How can you focus? He said, no, I'm here. I need to be what I need to be. I need to work on that as best as I can and accomplish what I have to accomplish. And I can't look around and define myself by, what, by the fact that other people think one way or the other about me. So this Nakuda of Bavaba Yadama Kiloy Nova Sahila is a terrible place to be. It says, some people think that why? Because I'm very smart, some people think because I'm, I'm a nichbat, some because I have a lot of money. The person thinks he's a gadol, the person thinks he's a chacham. It says, each one of these things that a person, which they, they think, as soon as you think you have something, the next step is you, you can fall to the world of Gaifa. And it's a very big problem. You know, we, 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 we all grapple with this. Um, it says, the Mishra writes that there's a, there's, a, there's a fascinating paradox of a person who was about Gaiva, but he acts as an Anav, and he's looking for the world to praise him for his Anivas. Right? So, he's, I'm not, you know, I'm a big time and I, you know, I, you know, I sit in the back, and I, you know, try, you know, do all these things to make us look like I'm a nobody. And people, and I'm waiting to hear the whisper. Oh, he's a great guy. Look, he's such an honor. You know, this is, I mean, if you, if you think about, the, you know, I would describe that person as, as a person. He's ill. He's ill. He's an ill person. The person has tremendous things going for him. He's talking, talking to somebody worthy of value. And he's looking for the whole world. He's looking, for the, he's looking for the little kid to give him cover. The little kid to define him. The little kid's going to define you. I just, yeah, I, I, I told this story over recently. Um, the uh, Washington Post sponsored, uh, about two years ago, they sponsored a, a social experiment. And they took one of the world's most, most renowned violinists and they put this violinist in the subway station, the, one of the subway stations over here, on a Monday morning, they dressed him up in a, with a Nationals baseball cap and a Nationals t-shirt, and put, put a few bucks in his violin, his $3 million Stradivarius violin, and they had him playing one of the most, most, most beautiful pieces of violin music, which is, and they wanted to see how many, they had a video camera watching it to see how many people would stop on a Monday morning going through the metro station to see how many people would be able to recognize beauty when it's not given to you in the proper setting. And that was the experiment. And they had different bets, how many people are going to, how many people are going to stop. Yeah, how many, and they, they, they did this for 45 minutes. So they counted afterwards that in the, period, the span of 45 minutes, 1,097 people walked, they saw on the camera, walked by this spot. And they had a question, how many people would stop and listen to the music? Well, the reality was that they had, you know, one person said, they, they predicted 100 people, 150 people. You know, and this is gorgeous music. People pay hundreds of dollars to hear this guy play. 
seven people stopped. The person who stopped for the longest was a five-year-old child, a four or five-year-old child, which was mesmerized by the music until the mother yanked the kid away and pulled him, you know, you know let's get on with life, you know. Okay, that's, that's half of the story. What was interesting to me was, why was this fellow here, Joshua Bell? Why was he here in Washington? He was here to receive an a, a award from Kennedy, the, 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 the Kennedy Center for um, recognition of his contribution to, to violin music. It means the connoisseurs of the world were, were bringing him here to Washington to give him recognition of how beautifully he plays music. Okay, he's here, Mamish, he's, he's at the top of the world. They asked him, was he nervous? So he said yes. So they asked him, well, you normally play when you go into you know, these, these, these places that you play? He says, no, he's not nervous. He says, so what's the difference? He says, it's very simple. He said, when I walk into whatever this place that I'm playing, you know, the, the, people pay money to hear me. So I'm validated before I start. People paid hundreds of dollars to listen to me. So I, I know that, you know, they, 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 I was over here, I was, I was worried what people are going to think about my music. I think the guy, the Chumashugana, He's here in Washington that the connoisseurs of the world are saying he plays beautiful music. He's worried about somebody who's going to walk by. He'll never see the person again. He has zero value in the person his life. And he was worried about what the guy's going to think about him. He knows he's a good player. What's wrong with us? And we're all like that. I mean, really, we're all like that. I'm worried about the kid. The kid next to me. I'm, he, the kid's, I'm never going to see him again. I want to think I'm a nice guy. Why? And if you're a nice guy, it's good. But, well, but why do you care about whether he should think you're a nice guy or not? Why should you even find somebody a person next to you? And Kharsburg wants to know what, what, who you are. That's more important. Much more important. And that's I was reading the thing, it's like, you know, Gabaldon the Velt. And I was I was impressed with the Velt. He was he was honest enough to write it in the, in the article. And I think, you know, well, that's, that's our, our society has created a reality we focus out. We're very much not inwards. It's, it's a very bad place to be. And this is the void of the, the first thing that the first thing that the Rush writes is run away from that because that's totally going to distract you from what life is about and what a Kodesh Baruch is about and what you want to accomplish with your life and, and, and be able to connect into the real reality of what life is about you have to run in the other direction a person has to run away from such a concept